Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 23 of the Jesse Williams podcast. I am so excited to be bringing you the amazing Asti Marie as today's podcast guest. She is not only a sexuality expert and women's empowerment coach, she is also the author of the book Pleasure Codes, which is out now. It is so amazing. She can speak to all things sex, orgasm, sexuality, empowerment, and how that not only impacts our life in the bedroom, but also how it impacts our every day-to-day life, including our manifestation, the energy and pleasure we bring to our lives every single day. I loved getting to sit down and record this episode with Asti today because I think so many of these topics are still quite taboo for women. So I'm so excited to be bringing you such a fun and empowering and sexy conversation, which hopefully can leave you walking away from this feeling so free and sexually empowered, which can transcend into every single area of your life. So without further ado, let's dive into this juicy episode. Hey, Asti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, gorgeous. It's a pleasure. Yes, I'm so excited. I feel like you are such an amazing energy and I just feel like everyone who's listening is going to get a little piece of Asti today, which is going to be so amazing. Um, And there's so much I want to dive into, but I think first and foremost, I would love for you to start off by just sharing a bit of your story, what's kind of like, where have you come from, a bit of your background and what's kind of landed you here where you are now? Yeah, okay, amazing. So I guess I'll start by explaining where I am now and then we'll backtrack. So currently I am, well, I run my own business as a female um, empowerment coach. (laughs) All right, we're off to a great start. Can you hear that? Yeah, Someone's good. honking wildly in the background. All right. Um, I'm a female empowerment coach. So most of my work focuses around female sexuality, um, around pleasure and orgasm, asking to get your needs met, setting boundaries. I, I really, really love that work. Um, and although it focuses a lot around sexuality, I kind of blend those lessons that you can take from the bedroom into everyday life lessons. So the work that I do in sexuality blends into like relationships, everyday life. And now I'm starting to coach women in business as well. So they can build six figure businesses from a place of pleasure using their feminine energy. So, I mean, there's so many avenues of what brought me to this one point. Um, My experiences in my past relationships were a big reason for me doing this work. I was really insecure in my body. I didn't know how to ask to get my needs met. I was in relationships where I never had orgasm, where sex was never about me. I didn't even consider that it could be something for me. I just used sex as a, as a tool to keep my partners happy and to keep their love. Um, 
And then stripping is this the other big thing for me. So I started pole dancing. That was my first taste of being empowered and loving my body and owning myself in that aspect, which led me very quickly into becoming a stripper and a showgirl. And I've actually officially quit now a couple of weeks ago, um, which is exciting because to me that was like my it turned into like my boring office job, like the safety net. Yeah. But while I was in it, it was super empowering. It gave me so much. I learned to love my body. I made amazing friendships. Um, I learned to really explore and express my sexuality in a really empowered way. And throughout that journey of being a stripper, I really realized that we're all so disconnected from our feminine power being women. I mean, society as a whole. And I figured this out in the way that women were relating to me as a stripper. So like everyone's so fascinated by it. Like you say that you're a stripper and everyone's like, oh my God, tell me more. It's amazing. Like I would love to do it. But then you can also feel at the same time, there's like this underlying like, ew, I can't believe you do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're met with both these energies at the same time. And it took me a little while to realize that I was really just a mirror for all of these women to see where they needed to accept themselves more. So they were reacting to me as a stripper in the same way that they relate to their own sexuality. Because if yes. you look at it in that way, we're all like, yeah, I want to be sexual. I want to have orgasms. I want to be like totally tapped into that. But at the same time, we're like, oh no, I can't. I don't want to be seen as a slut. Like that's dirty. That's disgusting. So we're trying to like balance both together. And that's where I was like, oh my God, this work is so needed. So then yes. I went down the path of learning about sexuality, doing Tantra, relationship coaching. And here I am. Here I am now. <laughs> yes. And I think the work you're doing is so important. And I love how you wrapped that up all so nicely. Even there's a one of your older IGTV videos, which I absolutely loved. And you talked about how with where we're at right now, so many women, we're finally starting to accept sexuality, yet there's only part of that. We're always um, starting to accept the light, the love making, the beautiful elements of sex. And yet we're not accepting that darker side. And I loved how you put it that you stripping was like that mirror for people that anyone who wasn't accepting that darker mysterious um side of their sexuality was like oh no but then anyone who was like craving that would be like yes I love that I want to do that um and that's that's so amazing and yeah Yeah. definitely a a good mirror for people Um, I feel like people don't talk about that side of sexuality enough like you see sexuality coaches I mean a lot of them won't even call themselves a sexuality coach even though that's where they're going but they'll touch on like sensuality and self-love and it all being very pure and sweet and innocent and connecting to the light but sometimes as women there is that part of us that just wants to be fucked like we want to be ravished we want to be orange we want that like darker energy as well 100% and it's like and I feel like everyone wants that and and if they don't allow themselves to want it it's only a part that they've suppressed that they've told themselves that they shouldn't feel that way or um yeah it's like no good girls don't feel like that or and so it moves more into into that lightness so I love that um and I would love to dive into that today but I feel like anyone who's probably well majority of girls who are probably listening to this right now are listening because there's a part of themselves which are feeling disconnected from their sensuality or those exact issues that we spoke about so I would love to hear with the work you do what are some common things that you see see pop up for, for women that cause these blockages or cause them to become, I guess, disconnected in the first place, like past wounds and things like that that lead to this? Yeah. 
So a lot of it's unconscious. A lot of it, women don't even realize what's going on in the back of their mind. Um, so things like, as you already mentioned, like trauma, um, trauma, anything that you've experienced in your life that's pulled your sexuality out of alignment. So anything basically that's taught you that if you fully embody your sexuality or fully express your sexuality, that it will take you down a path where you're no longer going to be loved you're no longer going to be accepted or you're no longer going to be safe. Because if we look at our human needs, those are our fundamental foundational human needs. We need those core things in order to survive. So if we break it down in a really simple way, we're always going to prioritize survival over being sexy or having sex, right? Yeah. So we choose to go down that path every single time. So there's been little things that have taught us that being sexy is not going to make us love. We're not going to be safe. We're not going to belong. Things like slut shaming, being called a slut, being told that you're too flirty, um, having experiences where, I mean, abuse and rape are really extreme on that scale, but also getting negative attention where you're being dressed up or you've acted a certain way. Um, even all the way back to when you're a little girl, being told that your body is shameful, being told off for being naked, being told off for touching yourself. I mean, it's also pure and sweet and innocent and our parents don't realize that they're doing it. But if you're telling your little girl to stop touching herself or like, oh no, don't touch down there, it's dirty. Not even using the correct words to refer to vagina or vulva. All these tiny little pieces, they don't seem like much, but they really do add up mm. into this whole snowball of this warped perception of sexuality and conditioning and trauma that just like pulls everything out of alignment. Yes, there was something that you touched on in there, which was the slut shaming. And I actually put a question box on my Instagram uh, previous to this, just saying that I was going to be talking with someone on the topic of sex and did anyone have any questions? And one of the questions that came up was, how do I let go of the fear of being called a slut so I can have a healthy sex life? So would you like to, to speak to that? I can, because I've experienced this a lot. So even before I started stripping, I mean, when I was in school, like naturally I'm a very open and flirty person. And I remember getting silly comments. Like one guy told me one time that I was too, I think, he, I don't know if he said flirty or slutty. It was one of those two words, but he said pretty much that I'm too much because when I hug people, I give them a little extra squeeze at the end. I was like, what? this, what? Like, this is ridiculous. Like little things like that. But even girls at school, and the way that I would like interact and be very open, I think it triggered a lot of people. So I would literally like people would like yell slut at me. Yeah. So I was Maybe. like slut shamed a lot. And at the, re at the time I didn't realize what was actually going on underneath. Now I have a, a deeper understanding of it. But basically what happened to me is I got shamed so much that I learned going back to the knees in order to be loved, safe, belong, I need to dull down, just own this part of myself. Mm. So I kind of lost a, lost touch with that aspect of myself for a while in order to fit in. And then what happens is when you've let go or lost touch of this part of yourself, because you've learned that it's not okay to display that aspect of yourself, when you see someone else betraying that aspect, there's almost like this is where jealousy comes up because you're like, well, how come she's not, she's allowed to act like that if I'm not? Yes. So you've been suppressing it in yourself. So you also want to suppress it in other women. So that's where that stems from. And now you can look at it at the other way where if someone 
is triggering you and you are feeling jealous, you can say, what is it about this person that's triggering me? What has she got that I want? Or what is she maybe displaying that I've lost touch of within myself? And instead of using that jealousy as like fuel to try and like suppress her, you can use it as permission to bring back to life that lost piece of yourself. Yeah. And then if you're the person who is being slut shamed, even just having that knowledge is so helpful because mm-hmm. instead of you getting upset, you can go, okay, she's just being triggered because of what I just said, I'm displaying a piece of herself that she's lost touch with. I'm just being a mirror for her to recognize where she needs to love and accept herself more. But one thing that I also noticed, and I mean, this lesson kind of came later during my first few years of stripping was the more comfortable you are within yourself and your expression and the more you truly own it, the less people are going to criticize you. So when I started stripping and I was like, people would ask me and I'd be like, oh, I'm a stripper. Like I wasn't really sure. And I was like, how are they going to react? This is awkward. Like, are they going to judge me? Then I would get slut shamed or I'd have weird comments come back to me. Whereas when I was just like, I'm a stripper. And it was like, no doubt in the energy that I was bringing when I, when I owned that, because I owned it so confidently, people were just like, okay, yeah, that's what she does. Yeah. So you're always met with the energy that you're putting out. So if there's anything that you're not really owning and feeling comfortable within yourself, that will be reflected back with back to you. So, I mean, like one key aspect of this is like having that conversation to yourself by yourself of like, where am I not accepting that part of myself? Yes. How can I love my inner slut more? How can I feel more safe in that expression? And it, it begins with the inner work. And then the way people respond to you will, will begin to change from there. Yes, 100%. So it's almost like, yes, you may be fearing that, that slut shaming from other people, but in actual fact, it's actually really likely that you're fearing that within yourself as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you can ask yourself, like, what is the deeper fear? The fear isn't that people are going to shame you. The fear is that people aren't going to accept you or that your partner might not love you anymore if you're quote unquote too slutty. So ask yourself, what is it that you're afraid of losing from claiming that part of yourself? And then see if you can offer yourself that. So an example is like, you might have this underlying fear that if you're too slutty, you're no longer going to be worthy of love. So in order to get those needs met on your own, which makes you the most like empowered, independent woman, you can offer love to yourself. And open up this inner dialect where you can say, it's okay. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm always going to be here for you and I will always love you. And then once you've got that need met, you're like, hey, I'm always going to be loved. Fuck, I can be as slutty as I want. (laughs) Yes, very good. (laughs) All starts with that permission with you. Amazing. And what are some like actionable tools that you would think? And so I, I love that, that whole inner dialogue one and realizing that it's not actually about the fearing being the, the slut or whatever, it's actually the fear of not being loved or the rejection and stuff. What are some other tools that you would recommend to people to begin, whether you're the one who is feeling pulled to explore your sexuality or whether you're the one being triggered by sexuality, but say someone's in a position where they're like, all right, I'm ready to start delving in and, and healing these wounds and opening up to this. What are some like actionable steps that they could take towards beginning that journey? Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, obviously it's always really powerful to work with somebody who can point you in the right direction. It's really hard for me to open up a conversation and tell someone where to start when I don't know their backstory. Yeah. But generally any triggers that are coming up or any blocks, any conditioning, it all stems back to your childhood. So one thing that I love to do with my clients is I get them to find a photo of themselves as a little girl, usually under the age of seven. And then I invite them to have a conversation with that inner child. So anytime anything comes up, it's, it's the child within you that's feeling uncomfortable or feeling blocked or triggered. So you can do this either with a photo, as I said, or envision your child self sitting out in front of you. And then you can just have a conversation with her, offering her any words of love, advice, wisdom, and begin creating new empowering narratives with her around sex, love, relationships, what it means to be a woman. And essentially what you're doing there is you're going back in time and rewriting the narratives from where it all began. So that coming back into your adult life, you have these new empowering narratives that are in alignment with your core beliefs and your core values. And from there, it's just easier to move forward with what you want because your beliefs and everything that you're holding on to is in alignment with your truth. I love that. I love that you put it into the terms of rewriting the narrative to a more empowering narrative. It's so beautiful. I do... um a little bit of inner child work with some of my clients, but I've never obviously delved into the sexuality side. So I totally agree. Absolutely help with a coach to have that sounding board to articulate what the even blockages and issues are and have someone help guide you in the right direction. That's so amazing. And, yeah. and working out what the stories you've told yourself that have led to that point and then being able to rewrite that. Mm-hmm. I would love to go into like a bit more strategy side. So overwhelmingly, the number one question by far that was asked was women saying their libido is dead, like no libido. So (laughs) I think we need to delve into that one. What would be tools for women who are, you know, there was a lot of questions about how do I get turned on? How do I increase my libido? What what are some tools that you would give for that? So first of all, I want to say, because I feel like this is really important is, I mean, even like, even owning the title of being a sexually empowered woman doesn't mean that you're turned on all the time. So wherever you're at right now, maybe if you've lost, if you're listening and you've lost your libido, the first step is just to know that that's okay. And to accept where you're at. There's no shame in that. Everyone goes through different ebbs and flows and periods of their lives where we might be turned on. I mean, this happens within our lives, depending what's going on and within our cycles. So it changes throughout the month as well. So whatever you're experiencing, first of all, it's important to know that it's completely normal. Um, Now, the way that I like to talk about uh, turn on and desire and arousal is that as women, our, our sexuality and our sexual energies like water. So unlike the masculine where they're like a flame, where they get turned on really quickly, we take a while to get turned on. So it takes a while for our water to get simmering and then all the way up to like a boiling point. But once it's at boiling, it can stay warm for hours, days, weeks afterwards. So what happens is when you've completely lost your libido or turn on, this water's become frozen. So it's completely stagnant. And it doesn't matter what your partner does to try and turn you back on, like nothing's going to unfreeze you. So it really is up to you to keep your energy at this beautiful 
simmering point. And I mean, it's great because then when it does come time to have sex, your partner initiates, it doesn't take so long to meet them at their level. But it also means when you're living in this simmering state, it brings a different energy to your life. Like you can tell a woman who's turned on in her body, the way that she walks, the way that she talks, the way that she's glowing. She's more creative because our sexual energy is creative energy. So it transforms your relationships. It transforms your work. It really transforms your life on every level. So in order to stay at that simmering level, I mean, one of the obvious ways is to self-pleasure. So the more you self-pleasure, like even like if you think about it, when you have a lot of sex, you want more sex, right? It's like always on your mind. And then if you go through a period of not having sex for a few months, you kind of just forget about it. You're like, sex, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the water's frozen. You're just, you've just forgotten about it. So self-pleasure, which is also really important if you're in a relationship, you need to have your own self-pleasure practice, like a solo thing. Because then when you, it does come time to have sex, you can meet your partner where they're at and you have a deeper sense of like independence when you come to meet each other. Um, so I know that that can be quite triggering and feel like you're just dumping straight, jumping straight in the deep end for a lot of women. So even things like movement, so sexual energy and, and life force creative energy is energy that's liberated. It's energy that's moving throughout your body. As I said, when you're turned off or you have no libido, that energy's become frozen. It's become stagnant. It's not moving. So one of the ways you can begin to move this energy is to move your body. So when you move your physical body, you move your energetic body, you begin to move your energy and you become more turned on. So even things like exercising, going for a run, going to the gym, but really like one of the things that I love most is dancing because yeah. it pulls you back into your body, back into your feminine. Yeah. And like so rapidly. I love that because you can't deny that all those women who um, are currently depriving or disconnected from that darker energy, the second they're in a club and a sexy song's on, they're all unleashing it. And it's yeah, just yeah. like the music and it's like that permission to let it out and let it flow. And it's absolutely, it's that unfreezing of the water and it all warming up because it's like you hear that music and you're surrounded by other women and everyone's doing it. And it's just full the permission that lets all that energy flow out. It's, it's, it's so good. I love love that I love that you said being around the other woman as well that's one thing that's really changed my life is is being around women who are sexually empowered and liberated because we always want to fit in right so we always want to fit into the containers that we place ourselves in the people that are around us so if you surround yourself by women who are sexually embodied naturally that just brings that out in you you don't even have to consciously think about it it'll just it'll just naturally happen that's what happened to me during stripping like that journey back then it wasn't even that conscious I wasn't even like going out of my way to become more embodied or more in touch with my sexuality it just happened because those are the women that I was with it's yeah. so powerful yeah, I think about any of um, my friends who are like extremely like sexually liberated and you can't deny the fact that sex is a topic that comes up a lot more with those kind of women. And it's even like the more you talk about it in a way where you've got 
complete permission and fully embodying it that you have those conversations where you're like shit like where's my partner or where's it? Yeah. you know like you immediately after it's like yes it's like that that turn on immediately just from talking about it and honoring it and letting that part of you come out because talking about it like just opening up the conversation like people listening now like it drops so much shame yes so it lets go of like one of the biggest blocks to our sexuality. And I've, I've met so many women at workshops and events that I put on where we're not do, really doing any practices, but we just have a conversation. And then the next day they message me and they're like, I had the best sex last night. <laughs> yes. I love that. It's like exactly as you said, as soon as shame drops, what, what is revealed is confidence. Yeah. 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 Oh, Amazing. yes. I love that. Yeah. Yes. And when com- coming back to what you were talking about before, you were talking about um, kind of like that um, turn on and that sexuality and stuff like that and how that flows into other areas of your life other than just your sex life. So with work and everything like that as well, how do you feel like um, embodying our sexual energy or orgasm and things like that can actually be, I guess, a catalyst for manifesting more good in our life in other areas as well? Yeah, I love this conversation. Um, So, I mean, you can do it in a really conscious way by doing sex magic rituals, but to break it down in a really simple way, the energy that you're holding internally is going, like, whatever you put out, you're going to get back, right? So if you're embodied in sexual energy, which is like the highest vibration of energy, what you're going to get back is limitless. So when you feel good internally, because, I mean, having sex, self-pleasuring, it soothes your nervous system. Um, it puts you in a happier mood, right? Um, so when you're feeling good internally, it's going to affect the way that you work. It's going to affect everything that you do and it's going to affect everything that you pull back. So I, I learned this lesson like in a really powerful way. I mean, at the beginning of my business where I was like most women, like very stuck in my masculine work, 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 do, 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 hustle, grind, like got to get my business off the ground. And I was exhausted working, working, working. And I was using pleasure as a reward. So once I do all these things, once I tick all these boxes, once I finish off my to-do list, then I can, I can treat myself with pleasure, not just sexual pleasure and like self-pleasure, but anything pleasurable. Yeah. And what I've realized is that we get stuck on this hamster wheel of life where that destination of happiness or pleasure, we never actually arrive there because we're so busy being moms, business owners, partners, we're doing a million things that our to-do lists just keep growing. So what I've really begun to do now is I prioritize pleasure. And by doing that, I start my day off feeling amazing and that amazing energy flows into all my interactions, all my conversations. It flows out into my work, into my emails. And it, it, my whole day just flows in a much more graceful way. And I find that I'm actually a lot more productive. Before I was spending like a day of working and I would get to the end of the day and be like, what did I do today? Like I sent two emails and like, I'm like, you can't really figure out where the time went. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I put myself first, prioritize pleasure, It's like I show up and I'm way more switched on and in my body and connected to intuition, connected to my truth, connected to my purpose and things get done at a much more rapid pace, but in a way that's, as I said, like much more graceful, like things just feel easier. Everything just flows. 
Yeah, I think so many, I mean, everyone, but especially women have this feeling of like, I have to earn X, like everything has to be earned. Like you have to, like money doesn't come easy and pleasure doesn't come easy. Pleasure and money and sex and abundance, that's all earned through hard work. And so what they do is they get stuck in that cycle that you were just speaking about, that hamster wheel of like, oh, once I complete all of this, then I can have the pleasure or then I can have the thing. But when work and and hustling and movement and all of the to-do list is that first priority, then when it comes to it, you don't even have the energy for the pleasure. Whereas when you have the pleasure first, the pleasure is what gives you the energy and the inspiration and the creativity to flow into the work. So I love how you put that. And everything, all of our goals, visions, dreams, desires, whatever you're wanting to manifest in your life right now, it's never really about that specific thing. So it's never about having a million dollars or having the dream relationship or having the dream business. It's about what you believe having that thing is going to give you um, in an emotional sense. So the emotional fulfillment behind that thing. Yeah. And if you, if you break that down, we don't really need, like our emotions don't depend on physical things. Our emotions are internal and we have control over our emotions. We can switch up our emotions really rapidly. So if you forget the middle part and ask yourself, how do I want to be feeling and tap into that feeling today, you can actually like fast track your way to your desires. Because when you're, when you're living in the embodiment of what you believe, how you believe you're going to be feeling when all of those things come, instead of you pushing and hustling your way to reach them, you can live your life in the embodiment of pleasure and those high vibe emotions and all of those things will come to you. And then it's no longer a like, a like, oh, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. Like it's not yeah. about like not feeling worthy or working hard to you feel worthy. When you feel good and you're embodied in pleasure, how can you not feel worthy? And then things show up and it's in alignment with how you're feeling. So you're like, of course I'm making this much money. Like, of course I have the dream relationship. <laughs> yes it's like full um attraction as opposed to like the chasing that masculine it's like falling into the feminine saying like when when I slow down and when pleasure comes first and when creativity comes everything comes to me the money comes and the love comes and all of that so good the feminine doesn't get she receives yes yeah Which I think actually love that you just said that love 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 because I think there are so many women who are stuck in that thing of giving and not feeling safe to receive. Yeah. So how do we break through that cycle and being like fully open and embodying our sexuality in terms of receiving and knowing that it's okay to express our desires and have our desires and needs met as well? Mm -hmm. So in terms of receiving sexually, so in order to receive, you need to be present. So I love how this weaves into like life and sex. So in order to receive, you need to be fully present, which takes a deep sense of surrender. So in sex, we pull ourselves out of this by going into sex with the same mindset that we live our lives in, which is like the hustle grind, got to get to the next step, very masculine way of living. We bring this into sex and we begin sex with the desire and the goal to have an orgasm. So instead of being present and opening and surrendering to the pleasure in each moment, we have our eye on like the end goal of orgasm. We're like trying to like race through the experience to get to the end. Yeah. And what happens is we actually take ourselves 
out of the pleasure in the moment to focus on what could potentially happen in the future. And in doing that and adding all this extra pressure and stress, we actually pull ourselves away from orgasm. So my tip here is to forget about orgasm altogether, focus on pleasure, have the intention to be present and to experience the most pleasure that you can. And when you begin to fold into the present moment and fold into the pleasure that's there in that moment, that is actually the gateway to amazing orgasmic experiences. Now, the same, um, I guess, lesson in life, I also learned this in business where I had the goal to have 10 one-on-one clients. I was like, this is how my success is going to show up. This is what it's going to look like. My vision became so narrow-minded. And I also put so much pressure and stress on myself and having this ideal outcome that I pulled myself away from it. Because when you're, when you're focusing, I need this, I need this, I need this, you're actually telling yourself like, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. So that scarcity mindset comes in. But also being so narrow-minded, I was blocking out all these other potential opportunities. When I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm not going to give up on the success, but I'm going to give up on the how. I don't need to know the how. When I opened up my mind, I started doing group coaching programs. I started teaching live workshops, holding retreats, like all these other opportunities came to me. And now coming back to sex, the same thing can happen where if you're focusing so much on orgasm, you're probably also focusing on how it's going to feel, what it's going to like look like when you get there. Whereas if you forget about orgasm, take a step back and be present, you actually open so much, so many other avenues up as to how it could show up. And then all these new experiences begin to present themselves. So being present and surrendering to the moment is really key. But before that, in order to surrender, you need to have really strong boundaries. Mm. First of all, in sex, you need to say no to sex, toxic people, I don't know, even like positions that you don't like. You need to say no. If someone's rushing you, anything that doesn't feel good, you need to say no to everything that doesn't serve you so that you can create space for what does. You also need to be able to say no to what doesn't serve you because you're not going to feel safe in your yes unless you know that leaning into that yes, if for whatever reason something comes up where you don't feel comfortable, you need to know that you're going to trust yourself to say no. Mm. You can never have a strong yes unless you have a strong no. The reason for that is that as women, we need to feel safe within our bodies to experience orgasm because you need to feel safe in order to surrender. So that boundaries layer is almost adding that, that flavor of safety that supports us going deeper. So then bringing that into life, you obviously, like this is so obvious, you need to say no to all that doesn't serve you so that you can welcome in what does. So you need to say no to the friendships, to the relationships, to the shitty jobs, everything that's not giving you pleasure to create space for the things that you do want in life. So there's the boundaries. And then before boundaries (laughs) is love. You need, you need to love yourself. You need self-love coming back to those basic human needs. You cannot set boundaries. You can't set boundaries with yourself unless you believe that you deserve the outcome that you're, that you're after. You also can't set boundaries with other people unless you love yourself because the reason we don't set boundaries with other people is that we believe when we say no to somebody else and in order to say yes to ourselves, they're no longer going to love us. Mm. In sex and in life. 
So self-love, boundaries, surrender, and then you can receive. Yes, I love that because it literally fits into everything, into sex, love, friendships, career and business, absolutely everything. It's all that same step. And it's all about whether you're, you know, when you're not surrendering, it means you're blocking that manifestation and that, that life force energy coming in. And when you actually surrender and stop holding onto the target and being in, being in that scarcity mindset that you mentioned, it's like abundance and knowing and trusting that it'll come and trusting in the, in the what and not in the how, which is so amazing. Um, I want to finish off with a couple of questions that came through, but before, because I'm loving that and I know you touched on boundaries and stuff, which I've been watching your stuff. So I would love for you to just share for anyone listening that's like, yes, I need more of Asti in my life. Where can people find you and what have you got um, going on right now that they can, they can get about? Of course. So you can find me on my website, which is astymarie.com. I'm actually going through a big relaunch at the moment. So there's not much information on any of my offers on my website at the moment. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is asti.marie. So you'll find all of my current offers on there. Um, the next thing that I'm launching, which is open for enrollment right now, is bold boundaries. So everything that I've been talking about, um, your ability to believe in your worthiness of having your desires in your life, but also being able to hold strong boundaries that support you getting there. It's your ability to say yes to yourself, what does serve you and no to everyone else and what doesn't serve you. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Life changing. So yeah. Um, and also I just have to say congratulations on your book. You're a freaking author. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I went from author, to, sorry, from stripper to author in one week. So that's a, a glow up. <laughs> so good. I love it. Um, but all just part of the journey, which is so amazing. Um, so let's dive into these last questions. So the first one that came up was how do you deal when you are more confident than your partner when it comes to sex? So, I mean, all you can really do is sit with them. And as long as you're expressing your boundaries and your needs, that's all you can really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of like, boosting their confidence that's really a solo journey that's something that they need to work on on their own yeah 100 percent. yeah I totally and I, this is something I want to say as well because I hear this all the time where women are like oh like I I never say no to having sex with my partner because I know he's got like a delicate ego or like I don't want to hurt him so I don't like express my needs so there's all of this like these women like protecting their partner's egos mm. But they're like choosing to protect their egos over their choosing to protect their pussies, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, keep showing up, keep expressing your needs, keep expressing your boundaries. Um, and I mean, just be really careful in the way that you're communicating these. So instead of being like, I hate it when you do this, why do you never do this? Be like, I really like talk about what you do love and what you do appreciate. Like, I really love it when you touch me like this or like, I would really enjoy it if we did this and why, like, I would enjoy it if we really, if we did this because I love you and I want to have this experience with you. Like that would mean so much instead of being like, I want a man or I want a partner that does this, like make it about that person Yes. and guide them, be really gentle with the way that you guide them um, and let them know what you want and why. Yeah. Don't talk, yeah. Talk about the positives. 
Yeah. I love that. It's like more like an upward spiral of like, fo- yeah. yeah, just focusing into why you want it and what's good about it as opposed to like what you're not getting or not receiving or what they're doing wrong. Yeah. 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 Because if you're saying like, you don't do this or I don't like this, they're just going to shut down and they'll be like, yeah. well, I don't want to have sex anymore because it's not fun. Yeah. Which is <laughs> just making me feel thrill. bad about myself. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there were a couple of questions about um, women saying that they get the desire. So the libido is there, they're turned on and then the sex rolls around and there's no pleasure so they were asking about what creates that desire but then blocks the pleasure Mm -hmm. so when they're having sex they're not able to experience orgasm or they're just not wanting wanting to be there altogether um well specifically they said they get the desire for sex but no pleasure from the sex and then they asked um can childhood trauma cause this 100 i think think there's a wound there it sounds like you can even like go back and like visualize the last time that this happened and like close your eyes, imagining like feeling turned on, your partner initiating, sex kind of beginning, and then feeling in your body where that block comes up. And you can feel into and breathe into that, that piece of you that's out of alignment. And you can actually ask that piece what's going on. So isn't it like to figure out specifically what's going on for the individual that's a really beautiful way to figure that out um but things like as you said like conditioning um a fear of being seen Mm -hmm. is a huge one because you're not going to be able to fully open up and surrender um there might be a part of your sexuality that you're not fully accepting so you don't want to share that with the other person you might be disconnected from your body so you might be up in your head Again, like living in that masculine go, go, go way of being. So you need to come back down into your body. Um, It might be the sex itself. Maybe your partner's doing something that isn't turning you on. Maybe, I mean, a big one for a lot of women is that it's moving too quickly. So maybe you're not expressing your needs in a way that's making you feel safe and being able to tap into pleasure. There's, yeah, quite a few things that it could be. Yeah. But hopefully one of those hit the nail on the head. (laughs) I I think even even if it wasn't that person, I think think something in there is going to, definitely resonate with somebody for sure so my last kind of question for you is coming back to that light dark um kind of sexual energy why do you feel do you feel it's important that we honor both or do you think that we potentially like one is enough um I do think it's important that we honor both yeah Yeah. because if you if you don't honor aspects within yourself it can pull you out of alignment right and this is where like the jealousy comes up and we get triggered by certain things so it's not healthy to disown any part of yourself it can also come up in really toxic ways if it's not kind of met with the light so some uh fantasies that women hold on to might not be things that they want to live out in everyday life um but the more that you suppress kind of dark fantasies the heavier they get and the more they kind of play on you yes yeah so it's definitely important to to welcome in both yeah it's definitely important I mean to be empowered is to fully own every aspect of yourself and there's so many women that aren't fully loving themselves or accepting themselves or feeling worthy or feeling whole even because we're not welcoming in, in, in every aspect of ourselves yeah 100%. and I think a huge part of it I mean in not wanting to own like the dark side in terms of like I mean there's some really dark fantasies that people have around abusive fantasies but deep down I feel like all women have this craving to just be like owned mm. and to be ravished 
Yeah. So those energies, I mean, the energy of like ownership and someone controlling you, that dark energy on its own is, uh, is very toxic. So that energy on its own would be something like rape. But if you bring that energy and kind of like infuse it with love, then you have a balance of the two. Someone can bring that ownership energy into sexuality. But if it's met with the baseline and the foundation of love, it can be really beautiful. Someone who's like just wants to ravish you and control you and own you in a sense that allows women to surrender even deeper. Yes. Because you know that they've just got you and you can fully let go. You almost in a way feel safe. Like this person's got me. They're so present with me. They've got me. I feel safe. I can let go. I can surrender. That's where the most beautiful experiences come from. But I think they're a big part of us just owning that part of our sexuality. I think it comes back to the female empowerment. Like calling ourselves empowered. I mean, like, I feel like women are like, but I'm empowered. I don't want anyone to control me. No one's mm-hmm. going to own me. Whereas it's like, actually to be empowered is to play within those dark, dark aspects as well. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's that whole, like, you know, the, the safety thing of in, in real life, it, if women aren't feeling safe to come out and express that part, but we've all seen the whole movie scene where it's like thrown up against the wall or flipped on the bed or all of that kind of stuff. And we love that, like that turns us on that, um, that controlling element, but then we, we hold ourselves back from actually expressing it in, in real life. So I, I completely agree exactly what you said. So beautiful about how that dark on its own is toxic. But if you take those, dark um you know those darker fantasies and entwine them with the love and the light then they're really beautiful experiences so and I mean like getting rid of the shame and like getting rid of the shame and the dark aspects is so important because I know a lot of women have have fantasies about things like rape and they think about the stuff and then they feel so guilty because they're like well I don't want that to happen to me in real life like I shouldn't be thinking about this way like it's really bad and the more you go down that downward spiral of like guilt and shame and judging yourself the worse it gets because if you can meet that part of yourself and go okay this is actually where it's stemming from it's not the rate that I want but there's energies within that that I do want and you can bring those energies to the light and as you do that and you release the shame around it it no longer has that heavy charge yes there's no more self there's no more judgment yeah. So to, to finish off intuitively, what would be a message that you would just send out to just generally anyone listening right now about how she can begin just having more pleasure in her day-to-day life? How can we just have more pleasure every day? Oh, the first thing that you said that came up just then was ask pussy. So breathe into your pussy, take a moment, close your eyes, bring all of your awareness down into your pussy Maybe take 10 deep breaths, feel into her energy and ask her, pussy, what should we do today? She'll tell you. (laughs) Yes, so good. And I love that it came up immediately. So intuitive. So so. now my pussy's like, yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Ready for your um, podcast recording now, which is so good. Yes. Yeah, on fire today. Two podcasts. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so good to have a chat to you. um, And just like your wisdom has been so amazing. And I'm sure that there are so many girls listening right now that are just like, fuck yes, feeling so empowered (laughs) and just fully ready to actually drop that shame wall and start stepping into that. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Faye. It was a pleasure.